This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Athletic Brewing Company is reimagining beer for the modern active adult. Their great-tasting athletic craft brews let you enjoy the refreshing taste of craft beer without the alcohol or the hangover. You can enjoy them anytime, anywhere, and still be healthy, active, and at your best. And win AB1 North American Brewer of the Year at the International Beer Challenge, the judges were shocked to find out it was alcohol-free. I mean, seriously? Buzz-free beer that is better than the rest. And to top it all off, as part of Athletic Brewing, two for the Trails program, 2% of all their sales are donated to causes and organizations that support healthy, outdoor, active living through park and trail cleanup and maintenance. Whether you've decided to cut alcohol out of your life for good, for a night, or just one drink, Athletic Brewing Company provides an option without compromises that you're guaranteed to enjoy. To try their award-winning non-alcoholic beers, go to athleticbrewing.com. Use the code PNF20. You'll save 20% off your first order. There is free shipping on orders of two six-packs or more, or you can use their store finder to find it on shelves near you. Athletic Brewing. Brew without compromise. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. You're listening to Bass Fishing for News on the Paddle and Fan Podcast with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert. Welcome back to Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm Ryan. We got Sean in here once again. Hey guys, what's up? And today we have the one and only Mr. Jay Wallen. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, you know, I almost said welcome back <laughs> because, uh, you know, we, 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 uh, we actually have done this episode already, but due to... Uh, I don't know, mechanical errors or whatever you want to call it, technical errors, um, it got lost. So it's a re-record. So I appreciate you coming back on here and uh, doing this for us. You were supposed to open up 2021 for us, but you know, technology uh, not a had other plans. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay. But, uh, I, I've done a little fishing since then, so maybe uh, maybe I've got some, some insights for you. Yeah, a little freshening up for you. Yeah. Uh, I've attempted to do some fishing, but I haven't had any luck yet. I've gone out three times and got skunked all three times. So, man, it's a tough time of year. It can be. That's that's for sure. I haven't been out in 2021 yet. Yeah, uh, I just got. I fished a little tournament last weekend down in Tennessee. It was a little bit warmer. There's some snow on the mountains. I mean, it wasn't warm. You know, it was it was cold. 
Yeah, the weather hadn't been too bad around here. You know, I'm middle Tennessee. We've yeah, we've had a couple cold days, but it ain't been too bad overall. Right. Yeah. But uh, for people that may not know who you are, you want to go quick little intro, who you are, what you do, all the good stuff. Well, uh, I'm just I'm from Eastern Kentucky. Uh, kayak fishing has been something that I've been doing for about seven years. I've uh, been fishing for you know better part of 30, 35 years for sure. Um, you know, been, been fishing different levels, uh, state level here in Kentucky, uh, fish the national trails, you know, started with KBF, uh, fish some Hobie events, uh, you know, won a tournament here or there. And, uh, actually the highlight of my fishing career has probably been, you know, making Hobie worlds, getting to go to Sweden, represent the United States. That was really cool. Uh, so yeah, I've just kind of been around the game a little bit, uh, fished a lot of tournaments, been fishing tournaments for, for quite a while and doing a lot of traveling, seen a lot of people, seen a lot of things, but, uh, that's pretty much my story, man. That's what I do. I just, I run around and fish everywhere I can. what did you fish for in Sweden? Uh, we fished for pike, Xander, which is basically walleye. And then these, these perch and the perch were like, I mean, they get up three, four pounds. I mean, they, they kind of fished a lot like bass. Um, you know, they, they they were actually kind of fun to catch. Uh, it was interesting over there, though. You're fishing some deep, deep water. Uh, these guys were catching fish in like 70 foot of water. But that's where the fish were. And they were over top of like 300 feet of water. Wow. wow. I mean, it's crazy. Like, you'd see big balls of smelt. Uh, and then pike and stuff underneath it, you know, out 70, 80, 100 foot deep. And you're in two, 300 foot of water. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've always thought it was it's kind of a crazy concept, like the Hobie yeah. world. You know, it you, is. You uh, win or place well, however it is, in a bass tournament. It's like, oh, we're going to send you this other country across the world to fish for a fish that you've never fished for before <laughs> yep <laughs> that's it that's what kind of makes it fun though i mean you never yeah. know where you're gonna go what you're gonna be doing uh i know the next hobby worlds is in sweden you know they've announced that uh I, I know that there's a whole uh contingency from brazil and they have really been pushing for a hobby world so i wouldn't be surprised in the next year or two to see uh whenever whenever we can open back up and actually do some traveling but uh I could see the Hobie Worlds being in Brazil sometime, you know, peacock bass, uh, some of the other stuff Piranhas. they got going on down there. Yeah, <laughs> heck yeah. I mean, you just never know, uh, you know, what those guys might be fishing for down there. But they've been, they've got a resort down there. It's, uh, you know, it's around some of the, uh, I can't remember. I talked to a guy about it. He was telling, this was in Sweden. It's been a couple of years ago. Uh, but he was telling me there's like eight rivers that come together. And it's wow. perfect for kayaks and I don't know. Sounds kind of wild, but I'd, I'd be down. <laughs> I, I, I think that sounds really cool. Except, like, don't Brazil have like some like nasty snakes or something <laughs> like that? Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, you remember that movie Anaconda, right? Was I that mean, Brazil? Might as well have been. Close <laughs> <laughs> <Both> enough, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't I like don't snakes, like... especially big snakes. You know, I but... know. I can handle gators, but snakes kind of kind of creep me out. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. It's kind of weird, but like a big alligator seems less intimidating than like a little snake. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. We don't get much alligators up in here in PA, so I, I still think that would probably <laughs> make me wake up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're okay as long as you don't uh, – Long as you don't mess with them during mating season, nine times out of ten, they're fine. I don't think I'd mess with them any season, but I agree. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, no, that's right. Uh, well, the reason we brought you on here is because you know I was looking for somebody to uh, to teach us the ins and outs of using the A rig, and we had an interview with Kurt Smiths, and you know. He said, "We got to get you. You're the you're the yeah. A rig man, person to talk I, to." I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm the man. I'm I'm one of them. Uh, you know, <laughs> I throw it a lot. 
and honestly, you know, it's funny. The first time we talked about this, uh, I was telling you guys, you know, how productive it can be uh, and just how good it is at putting numbers and, and big fish in the boat. And since we talked until now, I've actually, I actually probably had one of my best five, four to five day runs on the A-Rig uh, here in Central Kentucky. So uh, I, I've got a video that's going to come out soon, and it's it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, we, awesome. we, we kindly crushed them for about five days on it. I, I know you had said for, uh, on the first time we recorded this that uh, like there right there around Christmas was uh, – was like the hot spot for that a rig yeah. whenever it really turns on so i yeah. guess you just went through that so you know i did i mean it was uh the timing was perfect really between thanksgiving and christmas that that window right there it's 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 hard to beat and it's just when that water temperature gets right the length of the day gets right the, those uh those bait fish start you know really moving back out offshore uh, and that's, you know, when, when the bait fish are suspended offshore, it makes them pretty easy to find. I mean, you just run around with your graph, you know, until you see these big pods of bait. And, and I mean, it's textbook stuff when you see it. It's just a huge pot of bait with big arches and dots underneath it. I mean, it's uh, I've actually posted some hummingbird screenshots of my, my side imaging, my down imaging, some of my sonar shots. Uh, my Instagram page or Facebook page has a lot of those shots. And I mean, it's textbook stuff. I mean, it's, it's incredible what, what, the, what they look like when they get set up like that. Well, since we recorded that last time I played, I got to go out a couple of times and I played with a rig a little bit. So I got a few more questions than what, what we, uh, what I initially had. Yeah. So, so let, let's jump into a win. You know, you, you covered, you know, Thanksgiving to Christmas. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. What are some other good times to use an A-Ring? Yeah. Well, you know, the winter time, I mean, like right now it's, it's mid January. It's almost as cold as it's going to be all winter. You know, the days are starting to get longer. Uh, right now, it's probably for me. It's the tough. It's it gets tough with the a rig. They're not they're not super willing to chase down a big flashy rig. Now you you still catch them in the wintertime. I mean, it's great in cold cold water. Uh, but once the once it starts heating up, you know, late February and then all into March. March is another fantastic month, uh, especially in this this part of the country uh, to throw the a rig. You know. March all the way into April, right until they come up to, you know, when they're ready to spawn, when they start that transition to the spawn, uh, you know, you're going to see that a rig slack off a little bit, but you know, when they're staging on those, on those first breaks and stuff, getting ready to come up to spawn in March and, you know, probably the early part of April, it, it can be really, really good. I guess, um, do you want to cover um let's I, I was thinking uh, uh the first time we talked uh, i think we went over uh rod reel combination yeah. kind of thing and that might mm -hmm. be good to cover too yeah sure so i'm throwing a seven foot seven uh extra heavy extra fast rod it's a g loomis nrx extra fast in, in that nrx sounds like it's really really stiff and, and it is i mean it's stiff uh, but it does have a little bit of tip to it, you know, which is something that you want to help get that. Uh, something about that bend in the rod really seems to to sling that rig, you know, when you're trying to get some distance out there. Uh, now, you know, a buddy of mine, AJ McWhorter, he throws a little bit different rod. Uh, he's got an eight foot rod that's got a little bit more bend to it. Uh, and, and he likes that. And his hookup ratio has been really good. Uh, so, I mean, you can use a variety of rods, you know, you want something fairly long, uh, you know, seven, three minimum, I would say, you know, if seven, two is all you got, you know, you make, make it work. Um, but, but anywhere from a seven, three, seven, four, all the way up to eight foot, you know, AJ's using an eight foot rod. I'm using a seven, seven, uh, you want something pretty heavy and something light. So you're not, you know, that, you throw that thing. <laughs> 
You throw that thing all day yeah. for four or five days, and you're going to feel it. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely rougher. Uh, one of my questions was, uh, you know, I, where I played with it a little bit, is there like a technique you use when casting? Because something I noticed, like trying to rear back and cast it, and yeah. it, it, I don't know, it felt weird. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get much distance. And I think a lot of that was because I was scared to sling it too hard. Yeah. Um, well, an overhand and, cast with something that heavy, you know, it in, kind of increases the chance to backlash. Mm -hmm. I'm almost a side sweep kind of a cast. Um, it's hard for me to explain. In some of my videos, you, you'll be able to see me making some casts with the rig. <clears throat> and, and it's really just more of a side sweep. Uh, because like you say, it, it's a little awkward to throw something that heavy, you know, directly overhead, like you would a jig or a crankbait or something like that. Um, you know, it's just, there's something about that weight and being able to throw it. Um, the, the side sweep and then, you know, turn your brakes up a little bit until you get comfortable. Uh, and then I always over tighten my reel and then kind of ease off just little by little, you know, get it good and tight and then just just take your time with it. Uh, and, and I think eventually you'll be able to loosen it up a little bit more, a little bit more, and you'll start getting that distance you're looking for. See, I actually had an issue where I'm, I'm not sure if it was my rod or my line or what, but uh, I cast it. It was like within probably the first five minutes of me using this thing, but I cast it and my line actually broke. And Avery went flying. Oh, no. Luckily, it was in kind of shallow water and the braid floated. So I was able to okay. go All right. there and grab the braid. <clears throat> yeah. I was scared to throw it after that, though. <laughs> did it Did it break at the reel or did it break somewhere else down the rod? I didn't really pay attention. To it okay. possibly could have. Had you, had you backlashed any recently? I. Man, a lot of times what can happen time. with that braid is you, you throw that rig out there and and whatever happens, you, you end up getting a backlash. It can burn a spot down in your down in your line. Uh, and then eventually it just gets weaker and weaker. And then you'll cast and it'll just, like you say, it'll just disintegrate. Almost A lot of times you won't even feel it. It'll just, you know. That's why that's another reason why I throw a 65-pound braid. It's uh, it's a lot harder to do that the thicker, you know, thicker yeah, the log you use. That is one thing I'm – if I'm going to continue to use it, I'm going to have to bump that up because I think I was using 45 just because that's what I already had on a reel. Sure, sure. And yeah. uh, I think the A-Rig that I use is a little bit lighter than, compared to some of the other ones that people use. Yeah. Still probably going to have to bump that up. Wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, so you cover your rod, so your reel – uh, yeah. What's your? Uh, you go with, like, I'm using the. Uh, yeah, I'm using the Shimano Tranks, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's a 5.4 to one ratio reel. You know, it's pretty pretty slow it's reel. Slow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I like that. Now the line retrieve is actually it. I can't remember how much line it pulls in every every turn of the handle, how many inches it is, but it actually pulls a lot of line in. Um, it is a slow gear, uh, but what that really helps with is, you know, it acts like a winch. I mean, it just, you know, you can crank those fish in with it. Um, but I like the way it casts, you know, that's, a, that's one of my big, uh, big bait reels, you know, it's, it's got the gearing and can handle it. Uh, I am pretty interested. Shimano's got a Corrado 300 coming out yeah, and it's, it's designed for big baits. So I'm kind of, uh, Kind of interested to uh, to see what that's about. And then we uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned um, sixty five pound braid. Um, do you do straight braid or do you uh, do a floral leader or, or mono leader? I, I, I do straight braid. Okay, uh, I go yeah, I go straight to it. You know, my thinking on that is the only downside to braid in my opinion is the the noise that it transmits uh it's pretty loud you know braid is loud um but i still find that you know the 
just the the vi the visibility of the braid i don't think is a problem you know they're 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 hitting a chandelier you know <laughs> I, I don't think a little bit of braids too big of a deal um i just like the stretch the the no stretch uh and the hook sets that i get with the braid i know that i can horse those fish and not worry about breaking anything off uh you know i, I just i enjoy the braid that's a good point. Yeah, if, I guess if you're throwing an A-rig, you're probably not super worried about line visibility at that point. So. Right, right. So let's talk about where you're using this. You know, mm -hmm. the times of year you've described, you know, I don't know, I guess it depends on where you're at in the country. Like fish could be pretty much anywhere. You know, they could still yeah. come up shallow. They could still, or they could be deep. So where are you generally targeting? Well, you know, a lot of these fish, they're, uh, you know, they're looking for stable water, you know, and that water is going to be a little bit warmer, uh, you know, out deeper. And that's where the food is. You know, the, the bait fish have moved deeper. You know, if it gets too cold for those bait fish, they're going to die. And so they're trying to go to some deeper water where it's a little bit warmer uh, and they have, probably have a little bit more oxygen. And so those fish are just going to follow that bait. And, you know, for the most part. So where I'm at in central Kentucky on a lake that's primarily shad, you know, that's the primary forage is shad out there. Those, those bass are going to be following those shad. And uh, for me, that's anywhere from 20 to 30. Uh, I actually, the last time I went out there, the water temperature had dropped quite a bit. I actually caught the deepest fish I've ever caught, and that was in 47 foot of water. And, wow. and that was on the rig. Okay. Yeah. And the only reason I was fishing that deep, it's not like, I mean, that's crazy to me. Like I, 47 feet is crazy to me. And I happened to, I was actually moving from one spot to the other. And I went around a really deep point and they were stacked. And I was just like, I'm, I have to, like, I have to throw on that. So I turned my boat and just threw everything out. And I literally fed line until I got to the backing on my reel. Wow. And just, I let it out. I just let it keep going. And then I just slow reeled it back. And he nailed it on the first cast. Yeah. So I, anywhere from 20, for me, 20 to, you know, 40 foot deep. Anywhere you see those bass on the graph, when you see them, you figure out how deep they are. Uh, and, and they'll eat this time of year. So is it safe to say, like, you're not out just randomly casting, hoping there's a fish somewhere. You're actually looking at your graph, seeing there's fish down there, and that's when you're using that A-rig, when you know there's fish down there. Yeah, 100%. 100%. We'll see. That yeah, it's not a search bait for me. You know, it's a there they are, let's catch them. You know, it's, it's not – I'm not going down a bank throwing the rig back – well – I'll take that back. I will go down a bank and throw that rig. If I've gone down that bank and see fish, you know, I'll sit there and throw on. Um, but this time of year, you know, those fish are getting in very specific clumps. You know, when you see them, you know, I mean, you know what you're looking at. It's, it's obvious. Um, and so you just sit there and fish on them. And then if your screen, you know, goes blank, you need to start moving, you know, move around and figure out where they went. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll get on a school and I'll catch one, two, maybe three. And the next thing you know, you're like, okay, where are they at? And you might have to pedal uh, 50 yards, you know, to the left and go scan around and look for them. And then you'll find them again. Uh, they, those fish, they just kind of pull up and pull off, you know, d different times of day. They might pull out and suspend and 40 foot, but then you know, a, a pod of them may come in at 20 foot to feed, you know, and they may feed for 10 minutes and then they're going to pull back out. So this time of year, fish are weird. You know, they, they do some funny stuff, uh, but ultimately they're trying to conserve energy, eat when they need to and get an easy meal, you know, and be right, right back to deep, you know, deep stable water. So that's just the kind of stuff I'm looking at. You know, some of, some of the stuff I've been fishing has been a railroad bed, uh, and a road bed, you know, you're, you're looking for stuff that starts out shallow and breaks off into some deep water, uh, you know, around those channels, look at points, you know, if your lake doesn't have railroads or road beds or any of that stuff, look at deep points, 
near main river channels, that kind of stuff. Uh, and those fish will, they'll hole up. A lot of times if, if you're fishing a, a river or a current oriented lake, they'll be on the downstream side uh, of points, you know, staying in that current break. And they'll just hump up there in the wintertime and they'll sit. Are you, um, now you, we talked a little bit about looking for the bait balls and the fish underneath them. That's generally like, if you just see the fish without the, the bait balls, are you not throwing? Or are you going to yeah, look around to, till you find uh, the bait balls? No, if I see some fish, I'm going to throw on them. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot easier when you do see a giant bait ball, you know, and then, cause the, those bait balls stick out so, so easy on that hummingbird, uh, you know, and then, if there's fish under them, you start looking, getting a little bit better uh, dialed in, start paying attention a little bit more, uh, and you can start to pick up fish. A lot of times they'll they'll blend right in on the bottom, uh, you know, and they're just kind of under them, not necessarily feeding. So okay. there's a lot of different things you can look for, uh, but I'm always looking for bait balls. That's that's a big key. Yeah, if you see bait balls, that's usually an indication for me to at least stop and see what's around. Yeah, and especially too if those bait balls are really tight. You know, that's what I want to see. I want to see a like a basketball. You know, sometimes you'll see them spread out, and you can actually see some space in between the bait. You know, you'll see little dots all over your screen. But if they're bunched up tight and it's just a giant blob and you can't definitively make out anything, that means something's been beating on them. You know, they're pushing – those fish are bunching those those bait balls up. So the, the tighter the bait ball, the better. It's interesting. I, I, I never thought about that or heard about that or anything. Yeah, it used to be like on the old uh, Lawrence units, you were always looking for, it depended on what color palette you had, but you were always looking for uh, the red ball, you know, because as those fish would get spaced out, it would return. This is when we just had 2D sonar. It would return as a yellow, uh, but then if they were really tight, that that sonar return would turn red and so that's when you knew it was on when, when that bait ball was red it was game on uh and it's the same thing with you know down scan side scan all that when that when that bait ball gets tightened up there's fish harassing them for sure makes sense All right, so we've talked uh, rod, reel, line. How about baits? Like, what different a rigs are your go tos? Um, I know there's a lot of them out there, but there are definitely there are. Um, there's a lot out there, and there's only a few, <clears throat> in my opinion, that are quality. Uh, the Picasso, uh, they've they've got an entire line of, of a rigs. They've got the bait ball, the Sweet Sixteen, the Perfection rig, the BFL rig. Uh, I can't even sit here and name all the different varieties that they've got uh hog farmer is one out of uh central tennessee right there around chickamauga they make a quality a rig so uh those two if you just buy one of those two brands you're going to be set uh with a quality a rig for sure and i know hog farmers got a lot of different uh models you know they have heavier versions ones with blades one without same for picasso uh, I like the blades personally, although it can be detrimental if you're trying to fish deep. The the blades can really hinder that because those blades want to lift. They cause rise in that rig, and so it's harder to keep those deeper. Uh, but I still I still like to throw them. Hog farmers, that's the one that KBN had on not too long ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I listened to that episode, and that was yeah. Uh, I I liked what they were yeah, saying. That, yeah, that guy that that guy's done a really good job. He understands how the rig works, and you know he he knows about it. Obviously, I mean he he's very successful uh, with his business, so he, he he understands the rig very well, and they do a good job. Well, something else as far as like rigging goes is your hooks and something that we mentioned last time that i want to make sure we mention this time um check your local state regulations yes. on how many hooks you're allowed to have before you go out throwing this because i know here in tennessee 
you're only allowed to have three hooks. Some states you can have as many hooks as you want to. You can have a hundred hooks on there. Uh, some states I think even just one hook, I believe. Yep, that's right. Wow. So, so yeah, yeah, make sure you check that out. But yeah, as far you know, as and like, that's. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that's uh, you know Picasso's got that BFL rig, and that's what that is. Uh, it's a three wire uh, setup for the A rig. So, you know, if you're in somewhere like Tennessee or someplace that only require, you know, lets you have three, uh, you can, you can get that BFL rig and it's, it's pretty much set up ready to go for that. And that's the thing with me, you know, I'm in Kentucky, but I fish a lot in Tennessee. I've had a annual Tennessee fishing license since I was probably, I don't know how old you had to be to have a fishing license, uh, probably since I was 13. So it's hard. I fish a lot. So I've got to have, you know, three wire a rigs and five wire, and uh, you know, you get on Dale Hollow or something, and you really got to pay attention to, you know, honestly, if I'm on Dale Hollow, I just won't even put a five wire in the boat because I, I don't want to run the risk of being in Tennessee having a five wire in the boat. I just I usually just take a three, but uh, it's not a bad idea to have a mix, you know. And for anybody that's not familiar with a rigs. You can have a five wire, but only have three hooks on it and have a couple of dummies on there. Uh, you want to explain how, how you rig it up, uh, like the dummies on, on there? Yeah, so actually I use the, I'm not trying to plug them, uh, but Picasso makes the little dummy heads. Uh, you can get different weights, different sizes. Uh, so if you want to put a dummy head, it's just a little... A uh, plastic head that that you know loops onto your snap on the A rig, and it's got a, a um, one of those spiral plastic keepers, and you just literally screw your your swim bait right into that uh, that keeper, and that's it. And if I'm going to put dummies on, I always put them on top. You know that rig's coming horizontal through the water. Uh, put those two dummies on top. Have a hook on your middle wire. And have two hooks on your bottom wires, because uh, those are those are all the swim baits that the fish is going to come to first. So if you're going to put dummies on, definitely always put them up on top, uh, and use those little dummy heads from Picasso. It's easy, easy setup. I need to pick some of those up sometime. Um, but let me ask you a question. You know, uh, with a little redneck engineering using what I had, I came up with something. I don't know if it's legal or not. So I'm going to ask okay. you, so I don't know if you know that, but if you take like a swim bait head and you cut the hook off and leave just enough curve to it just to hold the swim bait on there, would you right. say that that's legal, like not counted as a hook? or? I think it is legal, but and the reason I think it's legal it it doesn't have a point and it doesn't have a barb. So it's kind of hard to be a hook without a hook point and without a barb. Right. So I would say that it that what you set up does not meet the definition of a hook, in my opinion. All right, cool. And if it does meet the definition <clears throat> of a hook... And that's and what I would any, tell the conservation officer. Yeah, if there's any TWRA agents out there, I have not tried this rig that I'm <laughs> driving right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just saying... That doesn't meet the definition of a hook to me, so I think you're okay. Well, great minds think alike. Yeah, I think you'd be all right. I mean, the idea is, if you look at the intent, you you have modified that head with the intention of not trying to catch a fish on that head. Hmm. You've deliberately taken the the barb and the point, the fish-catching mechanism off of it, so, like, your intention isn't to catch a fish. Yeah, it's, it's got... I, I, like, I think it'd be okay. Just yeah, enough to curve to it just to hold it on there. So, yeah. like, if a fish gets hung on that and then He's can't done. get off, if he can't get off, like, uh, he, he deserved to be caught anyway. I agree. So I'm, I'm I agree. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think you're safe there. I think you'd be all right. All right. So, as far as the ones that actually have a hook on it, what, what kind of heads are you running for that or so i actually don't fish a lot of jig heads uh on my a rig i use a four aught 16th ounce 
Um, There's the dummy head. Um, I just shared yeah, my screen. There you so go. That's I'll what that, that looks like. And yep. then I think I can change to the other heads here. So we're just playing around with this software. It gives us a few other cool things. We yeah, can heck do. yeah, that's exactly it. That's and if you look, they've got different sizes. You know, all from a sixteenth all the way up to a quarter. So you know, if you need to add some weight, uh, you know, you can. Those are definitely. I mean, those are the ones to get for sure. Cool. I feel like I need to take away weight. <laughs> yeah, I get that too. I get that too. Um, but no, I, I don't use jig heads. I use actual weighted swim bait hooks like Kamikatsu or Mustad. You know, they make some VMC. Uh, there's some good brands out there. Our owner, obviously. Uh, and I just use the little belly weighted uh, swim bait hooks. Four aught, 16th ounce. Uh, seems, seems to work pretty good for me. Cool. So you're going weedless on them. I'm going weedless, yeah. But the lake that I fish has a lot of stuff to get hung up on. I mean, I'm fishing uh, flooded timber, uh, man, chunk rock, you name it, guardrails, stumps, trees, railroads, bridges. I mean, there's just crazy stuff in this lake I fish to get hung up on. So yeah, there's grass. Too. Yeah, there, there's grass. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to get hung up on. And what I do, you know, I'm using 65-pound braid. I'm using 16th-ounce hooks, but I'm using the light wire hook. So if I do get hung up, I just point my rod at it and pull with that braid, and that hook bends uh, or breaks. And, and I would much rather do that than lose the whole thing. Yeah. So it's it's been a while since I've lost a rig. No doubt. No doubt. So – so that's the job. terminal tackle. So uh, how about plastics? Uh, I'm a Kitec guy. You know, I use a lot of Kitec. Uh, if I'm trying to be, I don't, I don't want to say if I'm trying to be cheap, but if I'm trying to like conserve my Kitex, you know, maybe I've got a tournament and I'm trying not to use them because Kitex are pretty soft, you know, and, and, and they don't, they don't hold up great to a lot, but they catch fish. I mean, that's, that's, it's kind of like a Cinco. They don't hold up great. But daggone, I mean, they catch fish, you know. Some some of the best soft plastics don't hold up, and I think that's probably what makes them so great. It, so I'm a Kitec guy, but if I'm just out having fun, doing some pre-fishing or whatever, I'll use the Strike King Rage. Uh, I guess swimmer? it's called I, Rage, yeah, Rage Swimmer. A Rage Swimmer, Rage Swimmer, yeah. It looks just like a Kitec, uh, but it's a little bit firmer plastic, so it, it holds up a little bit better. Uh, so if I'm trying to conserve, I'll use those. I can pick those up at Walmart for nothing. So, uh, you know, but Kitec and those, those rage swimmers, I mean, it's, to me, that's all I need. You know, to go off what you were just talking about with the Kitecs being soft, I once, uh, fished a four hour tournament, went through a whole pack of Kitecs and didn't catch any fish. <laughs> yeah that's right i mean you get it hung up uh and if you get it out i mean it's going to be tore up there's just there's no way around it yeah there's there's uh, and they're not cheap you know they're not cheap uh but man they, their action everything about them, oh, they, they, catch just, fish. They, they catch fish they, they do I mean, everybody that listens to the show has heard about my success yep. this past year with the Kitec and that Wicked Weights, Wicked Willow. Like, yep. I, I, that's been my go-to pretty much all year yeah. since, what, April, May, something like that. But, you uh, know, and like, it, it's not a bad idea to have some of the uh, less expensive stuff on hand. Oh, uh, I got some range swimmers. Like, I, that's I got it, some, yeah. I got some of the Bass Pro brand that, that is similar yeah. to it. Uh, like if like I said, if I've got a tournament coming up and it's like I might be using my Kitex, I'll save those for my tournament. Uh, but if I, you know, if I'm out maybe filming something or just out having a good time, I'll, I'll use the Rage Swimmers. You know, no reason to burn through your good stuff. Yeah, and I've had I've had pretty good success with the Rage Swimmers for uh, time I have too I as well. Um, yeah, I actually I made a trip to Kentucky this year and. I ran out of the color Kitec that I like. I, I love the Tennessee Shad in. Oh yeah. yeah, and I ran out of it. And so there's a Cabela's there, and I went up there. And I didn't know Cabela's. That did 
I don't know if it's all Cabela's or this one, or I'm not sure of the details, but they didn't have Kitex, but they had mm-hmm. the Rage Swimmers and they had the Bass Pro band, uh, brand right. and all that. So I ended up buying some uh, Rage Swimmers, but I, I bought the, what what was it? I think it was Electric Shad or something like that. Yeah. And man, it had a little I, blue in it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was like blue uh-huh. sparkle. And all. Yeah. Man, I, I caught. I caught a lot of fish off those right there. Yeah. I caught some decent fish too. That was uh, the very first noobs tournament where I came, I came back. I was in like 20 something and like the last couple days I came up to like 12th. But, uh, yeah, Kitex I, is a good way to do that. Well, not just Kai, not a Kitex this, but I mean, those little swim baits are, yeah, the, they catch fish. I'm a believer in them. Yeah. But, uh, Okay, so as far as you know, you use your Kitex or Rage Swimmers on the A rig. Uh, is there specific colors you tend to go to? Uh, on yeah, I mean, I'm A-rig. looking at all shad. You know, I'm, I'm shad color ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, you know, I'll keep some green pumpkin if if I'm you know I like that as a chatter chatterbait trailer, but that's a whole other uh, conversation there. But uh, shad, you know, I'm I'm all shad. Uh, my favorite color Kitek is probably the, uh, and I'll get it wrong, but it's the the pro pearl blue red. I think that's it. The pro pearl blue red. I don't. I think that's about. the name of it. Yeah, I, I I probably butchered it, but uh, that's it. That's the one. I mean that that's my favorite color. I'll use it. I'll use some of the sexy shad uh, and some of the Tennessee shad. I like it too. Uh, but that's really all you need. I mean, out of those colors, I mean, you're you're trying to imitate a school of uh, thread fins or gizzards, you know. So those color options pretty much take care of that. Um, you know, you hear some people using one color, and then for the the middle one, the one that tends to hang back a little further. Uh, use a different color for that to kind of and and use a different size and kind of make it look like a bigger fish chasing a school do you do that any i do i the only what i do typically is the middle wire will be a little bit larger bait you know i may do 4.3s on the outside and then like a 4.8 in the middle uh but i do like using all the same color and what i'll do is i'll take a little chartreuse marker and I'll draw a single line on that middle swim bait tail, just on the tail with a little chartreuse stripe. Uh, and that, you know, more often than not, I'm getting hit on that middle one. Hmm. I don't know if it's the chartreuse stripe or if it's a little bit bigger, but uh, I'll probably never know the answer to that because I'll never not do it. <laughs> so If it works, I'd keep doing it. Yeah, it, it works. Don't fix yeah. what ain't broke. That's right. <laughs> Now we, uh, you know, just talking about my recent uh, experience out there where AJ and I, you know, AJ came in town and we were out there throwing the rigs for uh, four or five days. And, you know, we each caught uh, a couple over seven. I caught one over eight uh, handfuls of fives and sixes. Uh, I mean, it, it was, you know, four pounders, three pounders. We didn't catch much under three pounds. I'll say that. And we had right. some spectacular days out there. Next it, time y'all get pretty... together, hit me up. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I need a, I need a weekend like that or whatever it was y'all had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was that, pretty spectacular. It sounds awesome. And, I, and I, for the most part, we had the whole lake to ourselves. It was freezing cold. It was miserable. Uh, and we just put. It was raining one day. I mean it. It was raining trying to trying to convert to snow. Uh, wind was blowing. I mean, it, it sucked. It was bad. But we were just sitting out there laughing, you know, catching fish. It was fun. Well, I caught a new PB since uh, last time we talked. You know, Congratulations. It, 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 it don't feel like much after hearing, like, your little fishing story there. But, you know, it's well, I mean, good to me. The PB's you know? a PB, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> it was still a heck of a fish. It's... Yeah, it, it was a good one. And it, 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 it's so crazy. It was 23 inches. Uh, we didn't have a scale, but we're guessing it'd be around eight pounds. It, it heck was, yeah, dude. It was fat. Um, but it's crazy. It's such a big fish. 
how you don't even like really feel a bite. It's just the line yeah. got tight. And yeah. and I just I set the hook and I'm reeling it in. I didn't even and for you know, I was sitting here reeling in like crazy and I'm like, I'm gonna have a stump or like a stick on here and everybody's gonna be yeah. laughing at me. And <laughs> man, it came up and showed nah. its face and I was like, Oh and like I hollered out, like new PB, new PB. <laughs> You know, that's the thing about those big fish, the way they feed. Um, they, they've got, they really truly have such big mouths that what, what, what'd you, was it a bait on the bottom, like a soft plastic or a jig or something? It, it was actually a uh, Kytec on okay. a, uh, on a jig masters underspin. Okay. I, I, I was letting it sink and let it get close to the bottom and then just slow roll it across. Yeah. A lot of times those fish, you know, like I said, their mouths are so big, they'll suck that whole bait in. You know, they're they're not nipping at it, they're not uh, they're not grabbing the tail, they're not even really grabbing the head. They just open their mouth and pull it in, and, and you don't even hardly feel it. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> yes, sir, man, your hand doesn't even can't even get around it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I ain't got huge hands, but you know, I. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a stud fish, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, but, the, you know, that's often been the case for me is those big fish, you don't, a lot of times you don't feel them. I tell you what, though, when a big one hits the A-rig, you you feel it. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they take a run and go at it. You know, when they hit it, they're usually, they're moving. You know, it's not that you brought the rig to them necessarily and it's sitting there waiting for them to bite it they're they're behind it you know they're moving with it you know they're coming to get it Uh, they're just just waiting on the right opportunity yeah and they usually hit it pretty hard well you know that just made me think of another question i believe we talked about this the first time we recorded it is in the retrieve you know i've heard kind of pop it a little bit to make it kind of flutter a, a little bit um you want to give a little insight on on that, like yeah, how I mean, or how often you, know, you do it, or you know, I don't. You you probably want to do it at least once per retrieve, at minimum. Um, a lot of times it can be just something as simple as you know you've got a steady retrieve going, and just real real quick. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be this huge pull of the rod. Um, you know, grab the line some and, and pull it. You can do that. You know, just little stuff like that. doesn't have to be a big, huge workout and a big jerk of the rod like you're setting the hook or anything. You know, just something a little bit subtle. Uh, what it is is a lot of times those fish are bad to track it. They'll get behind it just like a muskie would. Uh, they'll get behind it and follow it. And, and you just kind of want to do something uh, that's going to make them make them react. And that's really all you're going for. You're not going to, you know, you're not trying to take it away from them. Uh, you're not trying to do anything crazy. You know, think about how a natural pot of fish would react. If you've ever seen the, you know, Discovery Channel turned on at, at Sears with 40 TVs and they're showing those, uh, you know, like all the fish in the ocean with the big fish chasing them. When a big yeah. fish gets around those bait fish, what do they do? You know, they tighten up and it almost looks like they're one fish you know, breathing, you know, and flexing and pulsing. So that's kind of the idea. I mean, it sounds a little crazy, but, you know, that that's the idea is you're trying to make those, that, that umbrella rig look alive. Uh, and it just adds another dimension of movement to the whole bait. Uh, do you do any, like, pauses or stops? Yeah, you know, the, the, the more you retrieve it, the closer to the boat it gets, uh, the higher up in the water column it's going to get. And so a lot of times I really want to keep it down because I'll fish that thing all the way back to the boat. You know, if I'm throwing it in 25 foot of water, I want to keep it in 25 foot of water all the way back to the boat. And so I'll reel it a little while. Uh, and then if I feel like it's starting to get too high in the water column, I'm, I'll pause it, mash my button, let some more line back out, let it go back down, and then finish my retrieve you know, keeping it as deep as I can. So yeah, pauses, uh, 
you know, quick reels, stuff like that. Uh, you know, pump the rod a little bit, you know, just try to make that thing move. You can pull on the line with your, you know, with your bare hand. Uh, just some different stuff, different stuff you can do. And find what works. I mean, you know, it, every day is different, but uh, getting those fish to react, you know, it sometimes it takes different things. I am working on my, uh, my computer is froze up. I can still hear you guys. Can you guys still see me? We can yeah. see you. <laughs> okay. It's, it's weird. I'm not sure what's happening, but uh, just carry on. I'm just working on the background. Here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, trying to think if there's anything we haven't covered on subject baby. Can you think of anything that we haven't asked or talked about? Or you know, we we've got a pretty good, pretty good conversation going about it. I I would say you know as far as time of year, you're looking at October through March. With uh, November, December, and March being probably your best three months out of that, out of that span, uh, you know, water temperature. I don't think we talked about water temperature. Uh, anytime it gets to about fifty-two, uh, that that's usually when the bite starts getting pretty good. Uh, fifty-two all the way to mid forties, kind of low forties. Once it gets below forty-three, forty-two. I feel like it starts getting a little slower and you start catching them on like blade baits and uh, tail spinners and hair jigs and that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, like I said, you can still catch them on the rig in that cold water. Uh, but I, for me anyway, I feel like it slows down. So. Yeah. I, I got to work on the, uh, those slower techniques as well. Cause the you know, winter competition all right. Uh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, this time of year, this uh, January, February, it's when I, yeah. when I really got to work on. I, I didn't have a whole lot of luck last year. Yeah, but, it's a uh, difficult time. You know, I, like, I just fished the tournament last weekend uh, at Cherokee Lake there in eastern Tennessee, and uh, the guy that won was tight lining a little small swim bait on light line, pretty deep. Uh, I know the Demiki rig was uh, was definitely a good bite that was going on. I caught my fish on a jerk bait, uh, you know. So so this time of year, man, you just you got to fish slow. I know they're catching them on Dale Hollow on blade baits and tail spinners uh, and float and fly. You know, there there's a lot of like crazy wintertime bass techniques that. It's just in a class all in its own, you know. But was that the tournament that uh, I believe it was Josh Sharp won? Yeah, yeah, he stroked him. Actually, uh, we were fishing the same bank. I, I pretty much watched him catch all his fish over there. Uh, I was throwing a jerk bait, and he was he was tight lining. So, but we were actually fishing the same same stretch of bank. I just uh, I didn't have the right pattern. I mean, I had a good pattern. I got third, but. Uh, I didn't have the right pattern, that's for sure. <laughs> so, um, did you get your uh, technical errors figured out? I can still hear you guys, but I can't do anything. My screen is frozen, so uh, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. We can I can see you. you look okay, good. but like, yeah. uh, I, I was, uh, yeah. Well, that's good. I'm hoping I can end this. I'm not sure how to end it because everything's frozen. We're, we this is going to be a really long episode. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to keep going. Uh, can, Ryan, can you see the the buttons and stuff, or or it won't let you because you didn't start I, it? No, I do not have any control. That's what I was afraid of. So I like uh, I was looking at another screen. I was going to try and pull up a picture of your bass. So all I can see is. You're, See, you're my, trying to do too much, Sean, and that, that's why. That's why you guys. <laughs> so, can, can you hit? Can you hit Control Alt Delete and bring up I, your Task Manager? I've been trying that. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not. Yeah, no. Yeah. Believe me, I've been trying everything. I've yeah, been, Sean's like a. I don't, what do you a support? I am an IT for, guy. Yeah. yeah so. for a career. Oh, okay, so. okay, okay, yep. okay. So. Fair enough. <laughs> I wonder though. I'm sure it's still recording it though. Like this I think it is. It, yeah, yeah. It, it still says it's recording. So yeah. So like, if worst came on. to worst, and you just had to like do a hard reset, 
it should still hang on to it. It should save it. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, well, yeah. I, hopefully we don't lose a recording for the second time. <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, what I'm sitting here. I'm sweating like under my hat. No, nah, like, I think I think it'll probably be. I mean, it's I see it. It says it's recording. I just so. don't know if I don't hit stop recording if it will stop when I kill the stream. So, well, only one way to find out. That's right. Yep. Um, I. I don't know. I, I feel like we covered this pretty well for a second time. And, uh, you know, Jay, it was cool recording with you first time, cool recording with you again. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, and I'm sure we'll get you back on here another time to talk about some other stuff because I know there's other sure. techniques you use. You talked about, oh, yeah. you know, patter bait and all that. Yeah. So we'll definitely get you back on okay. here sometime. I'm telling you, uh, I, I had a little venture. I, I don't know if it's going to work out um, that I was filming some exclusive content for, and we're, we were trying to get it off the ground. There's a group of us that was trying to do some – it's kind of like Bass University kind of stuff, but for mm -hmm. kayak fishing. Uh, so we were all trying to record some videos and get that off the ground. And – like there was only a couple of us that actually got some videos put together. And so I'm not sure if that's going to be a venture or not. Um, but I uh, hear about that. yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not too pleased with how, how it's gone. <laughs> but, uh, but if that does not end up happening, I've got some killer a rig videos. Uh, and, and there's a, another little special bait that I can't talk about but it'll be, there's a whole video on it and we absolutely smash them. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. That sounds amazing. Well, yeah. I'm so I'm hoping, I'm hoping if this thing like kind of doesn't play out, uh, those will be up on my YouTube channel real soon. And, uh, they're, they're, they're good stuff. It's good stuff. Some big cool. bass. Cool. I mean, some, some real big bass and lots of them. So everybody, make sure you check out his YouTube channel and keep looking it's at it. It's gonna happen. Keep keep uh, checking it for that video. I I, I want to see it. You're, you're you're hyping it up pretty well. I want to see. I it. know. I don't. It, I don't it, really it do that. Like, it better not be a letdown. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think. It, I really don't think it will be. When when I showed it to my wife, she, I, you know, because I worked pretty hard on the editing part of it because I had so much footage. Like I shot for, I shot every day, all day for four or five days and, and got a ton, I had two cameras running a drone and like, cause the bite was phenomenal and, and we, I got it all. I got it all. And awesome. it took me, it took me a week to, to edit it all and put it all together in a, in a reasonable, you know, layout. And I showed it to my wife and she was like, mm -hmm. she's like, that's the best video you've ever done. I was like, I know it is. <laughs> and so it's, it, it's good. It's at least I think it's good. Uh, th there's a lot of good information. You know, I, I talk about a lot of the same stuff that, that we just talked about. Uh, the only difference is I was on the water and as I was saying things, it was just happening. You know, it was, so yeah, it you, could, really you could like show it as you, yeah. 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 And, and that's all, that's really what it was. I mean, it was, you know, I, I got some killer screenshots from my, my hummingbird unit up there. And I'm telling you it, and I'm not, I, I mean, I'm not plugging anybody. I, I've used a lot of different electronics and some of the images that I got off that machine, I, you know, it, it, it it's incredible. So there's a lot of good screenshots. You see exactly what I'm talking about uh, when I'm talking about some of these deep schools and, you know, some of the different stuff I was talking about. So. The video kind of puts it all, brings it all around. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, do you uh, you have any shout outs you want to go uh, want to do? Got some sponsors? Or I always got some shout outs. You know, uh, Hobie Kayaks, of course. Uh, you know that just being able to get out and, and fish out of that kind of boat this time of year. You know, standing up is a big deal for me. I love to stand up and fish. I feel like that's the way a lot of these techniques are meant to be, you know, meant to be fished. I, I don't like fishing sitting down. Uh, and this time of year, you know, I was just fishing 41 degree water and I was standing up in my kayak all day and never once felt unsafe uh, or anything like that. So, I mean, 
Hobie kayaks, they're they're awesome. Uh, they they take good care of me. Uh, Calco's fishing, you know, got the bait sack, uh, which is the large bait sack is perfect for for keeping your a rig tucked up nice and neat. That's what I use is the the large bait sack. Uh, JB's fish sauce. I always put some of the the uh, the bait fish scent. I spray my rigs down with uh, JB's fish sauce. The the bait fish scent. Uh, you know, ram mounts, yak power, power pole, Shimano G Loomis, uh, NRS fishing. You know, they they take care of me with my PFD. I wear that inflatable, uh, the automatic PFD. Uh, I, I don't like the big bulky. You know, I know they're safer. Uh, I don't know if they're safer, but uh, they, they can't, they don't have any mechanism that operates. There's no failure mm-hmm. possible with a high flotation PFD. But that, that NRS automatic, I mean, it's so thin. Uh, and I've tested it in the summertime. I've jumped in just to see if it would go off. You know, I got a couple extra CO2 canisters. So I was like, let's test it, see what happens. And sure enough, I jumped in and poof, that thing blew up. So, uh, you know, I definitely trust that thing with my life, uh, and it's very comfortable. You know, it doesn't doesn't provide a lot of bulk, easy to fish in. So, those are my people. The, the, they take care of me. Hobie polarized. Um, you know, they make some of the best fishing glasses uh, for the money. Uh, you know, most of their sunglasses are under a hundred bucks, fully polarized. You know, they've got some that that could run a little bit higher, but most of them are under a hundred bucks. Uh, really good shades. So. Those are my people. They take cool. care of me, so I appreciate them. Awesome. Uh, shout out to social media and all that. I know we got it about on the screen, but for the people just yeah, listening. you know I, I'm on all the major stuff uh, except Twitter. I don't like Twitter. I don't know what's up with Twitter. I don't like it. I don't really get on Twitter, uh, but YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all Jay Wall and Fishing, uh, jwallandfishing.com. The only thing that's really on my website is just it's just a place where all my stuff is together, like my Instagram photos, my YouTube videos. Uh, I've got a blog on there that I don't really utilize, and I, I may actually start doing some some written stuff, uh, doing some articles and stuff, and and, and getting that blog going. Uh, I, I can actually write a little bit if I put my mind to it. Uh, and there's always some good topics. I'm, you know, I, don't, I haven't really decided how much I'm going to write, but I think I'm going to try to revive the blog a little bit, hit on some topics, you know, and release some of the knowledge that uh, I've been able to acquire over the last 35 years. I, I've had a lot of fishermen in my life that, you know, my dad and, um, you know, I, I'm in a tight little circle of some, some old timers from Dale Hollow who've been fishing Dale for, you know, 50, 60 years and, I get to hear stories and they impart a lot of knowledge. And so, uh, you know, I've been able to pick some up from Kentucky Lake, you know a couple of, couple of old guys out there that have been around, seen some stuff. And, you know, I got a lot of knowledge. So there's a lot of different things that I feel like I could write some articles on. So I'm probably going to revive the blog uh, a little bit this year. And you know, I'm not going to write one every week or anything like that, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe one a month or so, something like that. So, that's where you. That's where you guys can find me. Well, we definitely appreciate you coming on here and sharing your knowledge too, because uh, that's Absolutely. it's been awesome. So hey, you know anytime. something I just something I just realized. Every all the interviews that we've done, nobody's ever shouted out like their TikTok. <laughs> they like, like they they they. I mean, it, it is like I don't have Instagram a TikTok. And Facebook, like the only social media fishermen use. Like, do we not? Yeah, we not use, no, that's, that's pretty much TikTok? it. I, my wife's on TikTok. <laughs> um, you know, I know Christine's on TikTok. Uh, she had uh, one of her first videos. It was it was me and her and a couple other people down on Chickamauga. And I don't, I don't know. You guys may have seen it. I don't know, but so we're fishing, and and I start looking, and I was like, "What is that?" And it was this giant, like eight pound bass on the surface, struggling. I mean, we, it was belly up, but it was still kind of moving. You know, it was kicking around a little bit. And I went over and netted it up, and it was an eight pounder that had like a four pounder in its mouth. Wow, <laughs> and we went over there and i scooped it up and they were both still alive and christine comes over and it's like 
let me film that. And she pulls her camera out and she's filming me with these two, two giant bass with that eight pounder trying to eat the four. Wow. And I end up, I finally pull them apart and hold them up. And then we release them. Well, Christine put that video on TikTok, and in like, I don't know, a, a, a couple of days or something, I feel like it had over like 2 million views or something like that. I've, I've it's heard, nuts how fast I've stuff goes TikTok, viral. Yeah, I've heard TikTok, you can blow up quick. Yeah, it's crazy. It's I, nuts. I, I made an account, but I've, like, I've kind of <laughs> scrolled and looked at some videos, but I haven't really messed with it. So. Yeah, it's wild. Um, it's wild the views that, that that it gets. Yeah, but for future guests, you know, we need more TikTok shout outs. You need we need your parlor you. accounts, <laughs> you know, your yeah. me yeah. or whatever. You know, yeah, I've seen all that stuff. I, from what <laughs> I've seen, I don't want to get into it, but I, I saw something today. They were saying parlor may not may not be back. It may be done, it may be gone. I don't know. That's what the, the vice or the president uh, he was on the he was on TV talking about it today, saying you know it's possible they may they may not be able to come back. No. I don't know. Social media is crazy. It's just crazy. Uh, well, I don't like Twitter get... though. I, I don't get Twitter. I, I, hate it. <laughs> I don't like it. I, I've, I've never really tried Twitter. But yeah, Sean. All right. Well. Um... This has been um, uh, the Bass Fish for Noob segment of the Paddle and Pin. Ah, that's been a while. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Let's start that over. This has been the Bass Fishing for Noob segment of the Paddle and Fin podcast, where we're bringing you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Thanks for checking us out, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Later, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.